The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. I'm pretty obsessed uh, with confession, but at the time that I started House for All Sinners and Saints, there was a real trend in Lutheran church plants toward removing the corporate confession and absolution from the liturgy. The logic being that we are trying to attract people and people don't want the church to make them feel bad. This text from Matthew is often called the confession of Peter, a different form of confession, but I would argue that confessing our faith and confessing our sin are and always have been deeply related. See, in our text today, Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah, and then Jesus names Peter the rock on whom he will build his church. Peter, of all people. Peter wasn't exactly a winner. He seemed to always be overreaching or totally falling short. Jesus could have picked one of the nice, pious disciples, one a, a bit less embarrassing, who doesn't blurt out the wrong answers in class all day, but instead he chose Peter, who was kind of a buffoon, and that's not when he was being a total sycophant. See, I have a theory about this text, actually, where Peter is named the rock on whom Jesus built the church. I think it must have been slightly redacted. What I, what I assume really happened is that Jesus said, you are Peter, dumb as a rock, on whom I will found my church. And that is our legacy to this day. But I'd like to suggest that Jesus didn't choose Peter because Peter was the first to confess Christ. After all, that particular moment of glory lasted about 10 seconds before he said something really dumb, dumb enough for Jesus to say, get behind me, Satan. No, I, I don't think that Jesus chose Peter because Peter understood everything or because Peter had the best prayer life or because Peter had the mildest personality and just seemed like a pastor. And Peter wasn't exactly chosen because of his loyalty. I mean, lest we forget, it was Peter who denied Jesus three times, if you recall. And here's the real kicker. I don't think Jesus chose Peter despite the fact that Peter would deny Jesus three times on the night that he died. I think Jesus chose Peter because Peter would deny him. 
Because Jesus knew that only a forgiven sinner could really preach the gospel. It's, it's always been that way. So I'm not sure at what point the church decided its leaders were to be sinless examples of perfect piety. I might not give them the keys to my house, but only a forgiven sinner can really be trusted with the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I think nowadays we'd say what you cancel on earth would be canceled in heaven. I mean, can you imagine if this happened today, if Jesus were to make that guy the rock on whom the church was built, what people would be tweeting about Peter, bringing up his past indiscretions, dredging up that YouTube clip of him warming himself by a charcoal fire and denying he even knew the guy, as if all it takes is a screen name and an internet connection to be able to hold the keys to the kingdom yourself, judging people, getting to decide what God thinks about them. I just don't think that's what it means to be a steward of the mysteries of Christ. And for all his faults, it is those exact mysteries that Peter actually understood. Peter knew what it meant to really screw things up and be shown mercy. That is to say, he knew about binding and loosing. When he denied his teacher, friend, and Messiah, when he showed a complete failure of nerve on the night Jesus was killed, I can only imagine the self-loathing that ensued. I can only imagine how hard it was to make eye contact with Mary Magdalene the next day, how hard it was to even get out of bed. He was in a prison of his own making, and he needed to be freed. He needed someone with the keys to let him out. He didn't need a therapist or a new elimination diet or a book on the power of positive thinking. He needed forgiveness. The church of Jesus Christ could only be built on someone who knew what it felt like to be in that much need of forgiveness. I just want to make the case that the church remembering that we are in the proclaiming of forgiveness of sins business is really important. I mean, it really matters because there is loosing to be done in this world still. We are bound by our failures and missteps and words we say in our worst moments. They form the bars in our own spiritual prison cells. And we got to take the keys out whenever we can and free each other, remind each other that we're forgiven. We need to be loosed. Loosed from that which weighs us down, our sin and shame and despair. Loosed from our pride, anger and resentment and guilt for not being able to live up to even our own values. Forgiveness of sins was pretty important to Jesus. He got in big trouble for it. As a matter of fact, he often would tell his disciples, go proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins in his name. And ever since, folks have used his name for everything but. Well-meaning Christians will claim that the Lord laid it on their heart to tell you something. Usually something they think you should change about yourself because it makes them uncomfortable. It's vanity in the end, as in taking the Lord's name in vain. 
I mean, there is something we have been given the authority to say to each other and use Jesus' name to do it. So if we're going to say, the Lord laid it on my heart to give you a message, the next thing out of our mouth better be, you're forgiven. Because you are. You're forgiven. And so am I. And so is Peter. We never got rid of the confession and absolution in the liturgy at House for All Sinners and Saints. Um no matter what the church consultants said we should do. Because confession is good for the soul, both the confession of our faith and the confession of our sins. And so I'll close by saying the absolution that we most often use, because as a preacher of the gospel, it is my duty to do so. Here it is. God, who is gracious and merciful, and slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, loves you as you are. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>